Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast, where we explore how to center our lives and our leadership in the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. In the midst of the disruptive cultural shockwaves of the 21st century. Join us as we learn to take the love of God seriously as the force that holds all of us and everything together. Hey, listeners, uh, it's Ben from the podcast, and I just wanted to say thank you for being part of our community in this way. We're really, really grateful that you uh, tune in and you listen uh, to these podcast episodes and these conversations that we're having and that you are learning alongside us uh, how to root our lives and our leadership in the love of God revealed in Jesus. It's awesome. Uh, that you do this uh, with us every week. And so we're grateful, we're thankful, and we'd love to hear from you. And so over the course of the next four to six weeks, we are inviting you to fill out a brief online survey to let us know a little bit more about you so that we can serve you better, so that you can help to shape the future of what gravity becomes in this next season. Uh, so if you'd like to participate in that, go to gravityleadership.com survey gravityleadership.com slash survey and fill out the form there. It should only take you a few minutes and we would greatly appreciate it. Thanks in advance. Hey, I got a question for you guys. Mm -hmm. I love questions. Yep, let it rip. Um, uh, Sorry, this is kind of a serious question. It's not a jokey question. You guys are maybe ready for a jokey question. (laughs) I was. It's it's kind of a serious (laughs) question. Okay, Okay, Um, let me change my posture. All right, here it comes. Change, change your posture. Get, get into. Do we need to take a few deep breaths? Um, sorry if you do. Okay. Uh, here's the question. I'll tell you where I got this question here in a little bit. Good job, guys. You guys are doing great with your breath. Um, what have I encountered lately that could be described as a shimmering attraction? Hmm. Um, I'm going to let Matt go first. Sure. Sure. I wasn't going to share this, but because the question was asked, uh, now I have to be honest, uh, my torso mm-hmm. when I get out of the shower. You know, I'm right there in the bathroom and uh, dry off, and then I get ready, and it's hard to describe what I feel other than a shimmering attraction. How now, about you, Christy? Are you, I, I like that you made this into a joke, Matt. D minus, uh, Matt. Are you I don't saying, know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, wait a second. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, wait, uh, you can't use the words <laughs> "shimmering attraction" and think that I'm not going to make a joke about it. This is on you, Ben Sternke, not me. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, this, Ben. This, how? I still. I agree with Christy. D minus. <laughs> how do you? How would you answer? Like, I'm. I'm having a hard time even. Knowing okay, wait, I'll try what you're really it's, asking. So, so here's the context. I know. I get it. I I'm going to take my sanctification medicine right here. You see it? Okay. And I will and try to answer this question again in the spirit you're asking. So please how, ask how, it again. Uh, how quickly How quickly does that sanctification medicine work? <laughs> well, it uh, works. It takes like 30 to 60 minutes if you swallow it, but if you crush it and snort it, instantaneously. So that's what okay, I'm going to do. So, all right. Just mute yourself while you're snorting. It all right. I'll be right back. for our listeners. Okay. Holy so, cow. All right. A little context. Matt's going to take his medicine. Uh, Christy, for some context. Um, these are these are questions that friends of ours, Dave and Beth Borum, they've been on the podcast. They develop these little cards, and they, they're spiritual directors, and so they develop these little cards called examine questions, examine cues. And uh, they're basically just like questions you can ask that are sort of spiritual direction 
questions. And so shimmering attraction is one of the phrases that they use in their book to describe huh. just different, uh, we, would, we would call it like a certain kind of kairos. Be like, oh, that's, I'm really okay. interested in this right now. Or this is really, I, I keep being, feeling attracted to this right now. So I can share something. When I read this question, I was like, oh, you know what? Uh, is something that I've noticed about myself lately. Yeah. Uh, shimmering attraction <laughs> is birds. Like oh. I, I love just wa- like they, they come, we've got a couple feeders, you know, on windows outside the house and I just like watch them. I'm just like, wow, look at those things. They are fascinating. <laughs> and like we go on a walk with my dog and my dog tries to chase them. And I'm always like interested. I'm, I'm like, I wonder what kind of bird that is. And mm-hmm. I take pictures of them with my little yep. app and I try to figure out what kind of birds they are. So uh, birds are like a shimmering attraction for me right now. I, I don't know why. But I'm, I'm like, I'm like, oh, look at there's another bird. That's a pretty good bird. <laughs> I'm really trying hard to be serious because all I can think about uh, is okay. my father-in-law was like a bird watcher. Yeah, yeah. And he, but he was like obsessed with it, like yeah. shimmering attraction. <laughs> I know, but like I, I like paralleled that with like okay. you know being 65 or something mm-hmm. like I'm now you're soul. now you <laughs> see into de- into Ben's soul this is mm-hmm. he's got grandpa energy and he comes by it honestly you yeah, guys just, opposites attract this is why you guys are friends mm-hmm. getting out of the shower and birds birds yep. <laughs> yeah my torso now, I, I okay. did want to ask about your your torso Matt I okay. um <laughs> let it let it rip after after you shower mm-hmm. before you dry off mm-hmm. your torso like your whole body might be shimmering because mm-hmm. it's just wet yep. now is that the reason it was shimmering to you? Mm. I mean, it's a little bit, you know, or I don't know. I guess, I guess the, when I heard shimmering, I heard uh, in my mind, my mind translated that to glistening. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I think that's, that's, I think that's what happened. I, I get to pick the question next time. <clears throat> okay. All right. I, get, I get to pick. So I would, it will not include things like shimmering. I would probably like say then, just to redo my answer, um, okay. that uh, out of the shower my torso is a glistening attraction, but once I dry it off and make sure I'm fully lotioned, then it's shimmering. Okay. Yeah. Still, no, I mean, D, D plus, but still. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't, you did not go up a grade, man. <laughs> Didn't even get a C minus? Uh, okay, so a glistening attraction for me, I think. <laughs> you said glistening. Shimmering. A glis- uh, shimmering. Glistening attraction. A shimmering attraction for me would be uh, gardening, like my plants. I'm growing uh, plants, yeah, yeah. and uh, the uh, we grew we've grown plants and gardened for a while, but we end up with like 643 cherry tomatoes, and we only need like 20 of them. And so, because <laughs> yeah, tomatoes, tomatoes propagate really nice. like salsa, oh, salsa. Well, yes. So, thank you for bringing up salsa. So, I love peppers, mm. and I love different kinds of peppers. And okay. a friend of mine is an English professor at a college here in Indianapolis, and he was doing a summer project research grant he got, and he basically had I don't know dozens and dozens of very bespoke, unique pepper plants. Mm. That he was he had started from seeds and was looking to give away. So I've got like eight pepper plants. Never heard of these peppers before. Like some of them mm. sound like viruses from mm. uh from like places that you can't pronounce. Like it's H one N one. Like H one N one pepper. H one N one. Like some of them are like letters and numbers combined. COVID. Is one of them a COVID pepper? Yeah, this is where it started right here. Yep, yeah. it was uh, engineered in a lab and. Uh, <laughs> 
So all that to say, uh, I'm super, I water them every day. I go and look at them. I even, I... um, Do you sing to them? No, I do talk to them, though. I do tell them how much I believe in them and how much, how delicious they're going to... How good they're doing? At at some point, I will take your Mm -hmm. fruit and I'll rip it from your body and i will consume there's it. probably a there's probably a nicer way to say that this you is not going that. to end well it might for be you more... pepper plant <laughs> <laughs> this is maybe why you're having trouble growing the peppers no they so. uh they it's they seem to like it the they seem to like yeah. the rough stuff okay. so uh yeah. so far miracle grow water sunlight and uh okay. they're they're and threats <laughs> listen here <laughs> listen here buddy uh how about for you uh what is your glistening attractiveness wait shimmering attraction shimmering, shimmering I know. attraction okay here's what i'm noticing that's okay. what i'm gonna say right. actually it has to do with your wife matt okay yeah let's hear it okay so you guys work at our house and your wife was amazing she's like really good at organizing oh, yeah. and she's got like, a whole business spatially i know she's spatially seeing things and so she i was telling her about my pantry and i don't really know how to spatially organize it. And so she did. She went to Target. She bought me these bins. We took everything out. We wiped it all out. We organized it all. It's beautiful. Mm. Well, now that she's gone, you guys, I don't know, you came here like a month ago. Like, I've got this new thing (gasps) that I really enjoy that I'm like, okay, I'm going to like go through this linen closet and I'm going to go through this like drawer in my kitchen and I'm going to organize it. And Honestly, it's life giving to me. That's great. Um, I think it's like the three in me likes to have something to accomplish. Oh, yeah, yeah. And since I'm not working, it's like, okay, what are we going to do today? Oh, we're going to do this. Um, nice. But I think it also, I like to see transformation. Yeah. I know mm. that sounds, and I just love the before and after pictures of this is, is cool. my garage before all junked up, and here's yeah. my garage after all organized. So I'm noticing that. That's that's cool, Christine. Incredible. Sure, that. Yeah. Yep. That's incredible. I think that qualifies. B B plus. Oh, thank just you. What? Just kidding. Thank you. Spir- you're not supposed to grade spiritual direction, I guys. Need, so I need this. Is, Christy and I uh, were working on this project together, so I believe Christy we got a mm. C plus together. Yeah, <laughs> it was a group project. You add in I my hate birds. Group projects. I think we're at a solid solid A minus with the birds. <sighs> well, good question, um, Ben. Yeah, it, I'll put a link to this in the show notes. If you guys want to check out these cards and support our friends. Uh, Dave and Beth in their ministry at Fall Creek mm-hmm. Abbey. Well, uh, they're they're good cards. They're great for like date nights if you want to like yep. talk spiritual stuff with your spouse yep. on a date night. It's kind of fun. Good cards and better people. Good cards. Oh, they're great. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. so good. Yeah. yeah. If you if you can come out, come out to Indianapolis and uh, do a retreat. Meet up with uh, Matt and I and uh, stay at Fall Creek Abbey. Oh yeah. Do it. That's all right. Or come to Colorado, and oh, yeah. I'll yeah, create a retreat well. for you. Yeah. And totally. you can hang out with me. Christy's I always like, no, no, feel no, no, left no. out. Come, come she to, totally come to will. I know. Yeah. I totally feel left yeah, out. So if true. you want to come to Colorado, you can stay in you, my newly renovated basement. You can. And I, I will create a retreat for you. Yes. I, I literally just invited myself over on this vacation. You're coming. That I'm coming, yes. coming on. Um, so fun. Uh, very soon. One, one, one week from today. Yeah. From when we're recording this. Speaking of... Guys, nope. can you believe it's July and we're halfway done with the year, over halfway done no. with the year 2022, the year of our Lord? No. I, Crazy. I don't, I don't, I just, no comment. I just was thinking about that. It was kind of blowing my mind today. <laughs> yes. Um, but we have, uh, we have a, a, another episode for you, uh, beloved listeners, for, uh, in, our, in our podcast series on our forthcoming book, Having the Mind of Christ. Hmm. Uh, it is due out July 26, 2022. It's eight axioms 
that name the paradigm shifts, a few significant paradigm shifts that can help us reconstruct a more resilient faith from the rubble of, man, deconstruction and everything else that's uh, sort of disrupted our ability to be <laughs> Christians yeah. uh, in the past uh, few years. Um, you can still join our launch team if you would like, gravityleadership.com slash launch. You can get a free advanced PDF of the book, read along with us, join discussions, recommend it to friends, review it online, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and as part of that, um, you can also do this without joining the launch team, but you can pre-order the book from IVP. And if you use the coupon code gravity, you can get 30% off. Yeah. With free U.S. shipping. Who doesn't like Gra- that? That's coupon code. Mm-hmm. Gravity. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, link to that in the show notes. Um, we'd also love to hear from you uh, during this series. If you want to leave your questions and ref- or reflections, go to gravityleadership.com slash message and click the start recording button. You can actually leave us a voice message and yeah, we'll answer your question on a future episode. Yeah. yeah. It'd be so fun. Yeah. So we're talking about Axiom. Uh, which one Four. are we introducing today? Four, right? Two. It's two. Two? Two? We're not, we're not quite there. We're not quite All there. Right. It's axiom two. Um, God is always present and at work. So it's great, great conversations that we're having with, uh, among ourselves, plus Gino. Yeah. Chime in. Let us know if you have uh, other thoughts or questions or even uh, other ways of thinking about these things. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah, we love it. So All right. Should we, di- should we dive in? Let it rip. Let's do it. Here we go. Here we are talking about Axiom 2 today on the Gravity Leadership Podcast. I'm joined by the huge Christy Penley. Hey, hey. And Ben Sternke. Hey. Uh, the huge. Hey. Are we the huge? Yeah, the huge. And the huge, and then the huge s- crew? And then the special would be Gino Kirkarudo, special mm. guest. This is a very, hey, guys. A very cool nice way to, to refer to everybody. Well, this is how the millennials Very do it. They cool. don't waste. They don't waste consonants. If you don't need it, millennials, huh? You don't waste it. Yeah. This is this is what I'm told. Mm-hmm. Anywho, uh, so we're going to talk about Axiom Two, and this is in prep for the release of our book. And we thought uh, the format again, just to remind you, is uh, Gino and Christy have been interacting with these axioms for years and have used years them. And years. Uh, discipling people and coaching people, and so we're going to get some of their thoughts on them, rather than Ben, you and I just regurgitating what we wrote in the book. Um, so axiom two is God is always present and at work. This axiom is meant to, again, name a paradigm that Jesus operated in, an assumption, a grounding assumption he made about reality, that uh, we don't live in a two-story universe where God sits up somewhere and we're down here and God has to find a way to get here, but that creation is shot through with the presence of God. And Jesus bears witness to this in his ministry, and then he promises that uh, one of the endearing realities of new creation will be um, that God is always with us. Um, Jesus himself called Emmanuel, God with us. So this axiom is about learning to see the world full of God's presence, uh, not only God present out there, but God present with us as well. So God doesn't show up, but we wake up to the fact that um, creation is essentially uh, temple for the Lord. So that's axiom two. Um, and, you know, Gino, 
and Christy, how how has this axiom been helpful or been or proven true for you? Maybe share like how did this either confirm something or challenge something for you when you first interacted with it? Yeah, I think that you know, unfortunately, maybe I grew up in a church where interacting with God, believing God's presence, was pretty compartmentalized. Uh, we went to church on Sunday morning. That's when we kind of entered into God's presence to worship type mentality. But to understand that uh, really being a follower of Jesus is not just a piece of the pie um, and that it involves all of life. It involves parenting. It involves argument with my husband. It involves, you know, I'm on a run and I see a baby deer. It involves like all of these things. And and it makes it so much more alive. <laughs> And I'm. Are you laughing about the baby deer? <laughs> I'm laughing about the baby deer because that would be the creature that you see on a run. Yeah, oh, Christy, you darling, would see a baby deer. You guys, I would see like a wild spots. boar. Or, uh, anyway. no, it's, <laughs> it's I definitely see different creatures in Philly on a run. I know. I know. Say. <laughs> it's like a Disney movie. It's a Disney movie. Uh, oh man. Well, yeah. yeah I just think um, even this week I was on a date with my husband. You guys, I'm sure you guys do this with your wives, but uh, you ever go on a date and then it isn't really a date anymore and all of a sudden it becomes kind of either a business meeting or like an argument because you have to talk about things and then it just happens. Mm-hmm. I hate it nope, when that happens, happened. y'all. I hate never. It. Yeah. Oh, of course. Never <laughs> happened. Well, okay. Anyway, not, not that happened to Paul and I. Meeting. <laughs> just a business meeting. We're like yeah. at this yeah. really nice place, the Broadmoor, a big old hotel. We had a gift card. We're outside eating. And I kind of needed to bring up something because he was going on another trip. And I'm like, we got to talk about this. And then it it like was this kind of conflict. And in the midst of it, I was noticing some things in my own heart of just, I'm being pretty judgmental. I'm like um, Mm. kind of putting Paul in a box and not believing the best and all of these things. And ultimately in the middle of our argument, he said, Christy, I believe your heart. And it was like, I'm probably not articulating it well, but it was like Jesus was skin on in Mm. what he was naming because I was actually not at that moment, um, having a pure heart. And there, there came some mm. really good conviction, and um, and right away I was like, "Babe, I'm so sorry. I'm let me just say, let me name what I'm really sorry for." And so all this to say, God was active and present in an argument with my husband, mm. like outside at a restaurant. And so it's not a book. It's not just going to church on Sunday morning where we experience this. It's every day, all day, in the mundane, in the hard, in the transitions, in it all. He's active and present. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Um, I would like to share something with you that I would like some help figuring out how I'm articulating this because I think it's present in the book. But what this axiom has done for me as I as I look back on the, and working through it and, and teaching this and, and sharing in community with others is I think that this has freed me up to reckon with my feelings in a way that I was never able to do before. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because the formation that I had prior was my feelings about a situation ought to be directly related to how God feels about a situation. And 
how I feel about a situation is also telling me how God feels about a situation. So let's make, make that more concrete, right? So mm-hmm. something that I perceive as negative and painful is probably due to God not liking me because of something I've done wrong or me maybe not understanding how what is happening is actually good for me. And right. so my feelings become less important only to the point that they indicate how is God judging me in this situation? Yeah. But, but, if so, I don't know if you want to reflect on that or if that's making I, sense. I hope that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. I do want to reflect on that, Gino, because I that that's um, I resonate strongly with I think where you're going mm. with this that mm. that God being present and at work means that I can just pay attention to things as they are and that I like I didn't realize that I was jumping to conclusions about what things mean. Yeah, right? Like yeah. bad, yeah. bad feelings, bad things happening in my life. Oh, there's a lesson. Or mm-hmm. like uh, that shouldn't bother me mm-hmm. as much as it does, or mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like, like those kinds of things. I had a whole series of pre-assessed pre-assessments, judgments about what things mean, what things should be. I'm an Enneagram one, so there's a lot of shoulds involved uh, in mm-hmm. the way that it, my mind works. Um, and so, yeah, there was a lot of shoulds about like, well, yeah. I shouldn't be sad about this because it's 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 a good thing, or. Uh, if I'm sad about something or I'm angry about, especially if I'm angry, if I'm angry about something, it means like the first and most important thing is to stop being angry about that and, you know, get your mind right. So, so that you can figure out what God's doing. But so it was a, it was a really big shift for me to realize that, oh, God might be at work in my anger. Mm -hmm. Like it might actually be, and not, not necessarily it's good all the time or that it's bad all the time. It just is. And it's there for a reason and God's at work in the midst of that. God's mm-hmm. present in the midst of that. I don't know. That's yeah. my reflection on what you're saying. Yeah. Is that where you're going with this, Gino? That's where I'm going with this. I yeah. think that was said better than I did, so I appreciate you reflecting that. Yeah. Gino, do you find yourself more aware of your emotions now as you practice this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not, not only that, but I think what I would say that and I notice that there's space um, between my response to my emotions and my noticing my emotions. And, and that mm-hmm. space, whatever that is, it feels like three to four weeks, but it's probably not that long. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's probably sure. a split second. Yeah. Is the distance uh, needed and necessary to keep me from hurting people often, mm-hmm. often when I'm angry and I don't need to respond to my anger? I can say to myself, why are you angry? Mm-hmm. You know, instead of saying you shouldn't be angry, which doesn't actually help me become less angry, right? right. Um, and, and and then even even another way that this this is helpful is if God is always present and at work, then our feelings are are telling us something. They might not be telling us something particularly about the work that God is doing in that moment. It might be from some other actor in the the scenario. Right. right. But we can affirm that having feelings is a is an okay thing. Um, just yeah. last night, some really good friends in our neighborhood, there was a really major tragedy in our neighborhood last night. I noticed a helicopter flying overhead and a friend of ours texted us and said, we were walking our dog and we just saw a young lady get hit and killed by a car. Mm-hmm. And then the people mm-hmm. took off. So they were searching for the car. That was the helicopter. So they witnessed someone die and wow. which is tragic. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult and they were articulating that this is just horrific and it's horrible. And in that moment, I had I had the wherewithal, I think, to say, "Hey, what you're feeling is okay. It's not the the response isn't God's in control. 
don't worry about what you just saw. Right. It's not that right. important. It's we can tend to these feelings of I may never unsee this, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and and I think that's important. I think that's yeah. really helpful work. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm thinking about the um, yeah, the un the un um, uh, what am I trying to say here? The un uh, intended. There it is. The unintended work that some of those phrases do. God is in control. Mm. Right, it's like well, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there's a way in which I could understand how that's true, right? That God is yes. sovereign, and you know, yeah, I like saying God is present and at work more than God is in control. But, um, but like God is in control. Oftentimes, the un underneath the surface, the work that that does is is a correcting or a judging work, right? It's mm-hmm. like it's like don't be sad, stop being right. angry you know, like stop that negative feeling because God's in control. If you, and if you really believe that you wouldn't feel this way, but I think it's a, it's a completely different thing to do. What you did is is to affirm, yes, like bad things should feel bad. And Mm -hmm. God is at work in the midst of uh, us responding to what, whatever life throws at us. Yeah. 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 And that Gino touches on the second question I wanted to hear from both you and Christy, which is, I think on our best days or, um, you know, when the worship band fires up the Wurlitzer, you know, it's easy to sense God's presence or God's activity. Um, but there's other situations that are harder for us to, for it to occur to us or for us to live as though it's true. Mm-hmm. And I wonder for each of you, where is it most difficult right now? You know, you know, you kind of mentioned your feelings, Christy. You kind of mentioned like I'm having this argument on date night. Way to go! Way to ruin date night. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. But God, even working there. But I'm curious, like, <clears throat> where where is it hard for you to see this or live with this? Do you struggle with it anywhere? And where is and and why? Yeah, I think the honest answer is yes. I, I struggle quite a bit. I would say that the um, the area, the areas where I notice that the doubt, um, there, it's around pain. It's around mm-hmm. not physical pain, but emotional pain, um, pain of loss, relationships. We, my wife and I are of the age where we're now processing and working through our parents are kind of losing their health and moving them into hospice mm-hmm. and other, and, and these, these things bring up not just the questions of like, why is this happening? But how is God present and at work in this? Mm-hmm. And so I think those those areas of pain are the hardest ones for me. Yeah. Hey, everybody. This is Dave, and I'm a pastor and church planner in Fort Worth, Texas. I've been through a gravity leadership cohort, and here's the deal. If you're looking for real, and I mean real, tangible transformation that is centered in Christ and Christ's love and a committed community to walk with you. Or if you're wondering how to lead people in a way that produces that sort of change, then check out a Gravity Leadership cohort. Like I said, I'm a pastor and a church planner, and it was perfect for me. If you enjoy the podcast and conversations here, you'll love what happens in Gravity Leadership Academy. Specifically speaking, I struggle to see this and believe that God is working when hearts are hard. Um, So like if I'm in a conflict with somebody and I see like, I don't know, 
that it just doesn't seem like they're actually like working to like reconcile or they have a hard heart. I just kind of give up and think, well, God's not working there. Um, and he's not going to work. And, and so I think that's really hard. Um, I actually just recently, this was specifically challenged me just a few weeks ago. I, um, had had a conflict with somebody probably 10 years ago. And this woman asked me to meet for coffee like two weeks ago. And I was like, I wonder what this is about. (laughs) And so, um, and it wasn't like a big conflict. It was just, it was a small conflict. And I met her for coffee and 10 years later, she looked me in the eye and was like, Christy, I was wrong and I'm sorry and went on to apologize. Mm -hmm. And what I had thought was a hard heart and there's no way that there's like ever God's working there. God had been at work in her life and I just didn't get to see that until 10 years later. And so I just think that's a, it's a hard place for me to kind of believe that and see that. But then I got this Mm -hmm. beautiful glimpse of it two weeks ago. That's great, Christine. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes we lack perspective um, to see, to fully understand what God's doing or, or how God's at work, and that inhibits mm-hmm. sometimes our ability to to trust it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think too the the other thing that I'm thinking about is as y'all reflect on this is um, something that I I've encountered in my own life, um, but also in like people that I've uh, walked with in discipleship that that have walked through hard things, um, and and it's this that. I think oftentimes we don't realize it, but we have a preconceived notion about what it would look like if God was to be here and if God was to be working. Then, you know, if God was at work here, this person would be open. You know, they wouldn't have a mm-hmm. hard heart. If God was right. at work here, there'd be enough money or there'd be a job prospect. If God was at work here, here's what it would mean. It would mean yeah. we have enough. It would mean that I feel significant. It would, you know, and when that is lacking, we think we sort of draw this direct line to God and say, well, that means that, well, I can't trust God to be at work here. And I found like, it's, I don't know, it almost feels like a, it's a paradigm shift, I guess is what it is, Mm -hmm. is in approaching moments like those, instead of, it's helpful to just name, what is it that I want God to be doing here? Mm -hmm. And what is it that I would expect to see if God was present and working? And just realizing that that's an assumption and, and just for a moment, like creating some distance between my expectation of what God should be doing and my assumption that God isn't doing anything because he's not doing that. And just putting some distance there and saying, okay, what if God really was present and really was working here in this situation? What if I changed my prayer to God, please do X, Y, and Z? What if I changed it to, God, show me how you're at work in the midst of this situation? Would that change anything for me as I, as I enter into these painful, difficult, hard-hearted, you know, like all of the different ways, all the different places where it's difficult for us to believe this? And I, I found it really helps me, at least, to just enter into those hard things um, with a little less anxiety. Because now, mm. I'm, now I'm a little bit more curious. I'm like, well, I wonder how God is at work. If God is, if I'm going to believe this, okay, let's let's just settle in, and now now my eyes are open for maybe something that I wasn't expecting because I had my eyes set on this thing, this very specific set of circumstances that would prove to me that God was present and working. That's good. Yeah. Ben. 
it, it's actually naming something for me where I expect God to be how I am, right? And and that's not <laughs> right. Like yeah. <laughs> it's not how he works. He's God, and I'm not. And so maybe just naming mm. that and being able to be honest in my prayer of God, I I am expecting you to do this, and show me. I think that's a beautiful prayer. Show me how you're at work um, is mm. a good perspective to have. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think for me, the hardest place to sense God being at work is just place of e- evil or tragedy, you know, mm. places like, uh, um, yeah, a, a person losing their faith because their pastor, um, it was, was abusive, mm-hmm. you know, or a little girl dying of cancer. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, those are the space. I mean, it, I think the problem of evil is a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's you no know. quick. If it was a quick, easy answer, we would have probably figured it out by now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think it reveals, at least for me, I have yeah. assumptions about how God will be present and what God will be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I tend to then make demands. They're implicit, you know, they're very gentle demands, but they are <laughs> demands on God. Right. Right. right? Yeah. Here's what you'd yeah. be doing mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were here, yeah. uh, rather than, uh, trusting God's there, even when God isn't doing what I want God to be doing. Yeah. Uh, and so that's where I've struggled the most. Yeah. I think that's good. And it's, this relates a little bit. So a lot of these axioms overlap, uh, as, as you'll discover, as you read through the book or as you follow us on this podcast series. Um, and I think our exercise in the book for one of the upcoming axioms, I think it's God cares about it all of it more than we do. It's it, This overlaps really similarly to, to our discussion here. Um, and I think one of the exercises is to sort of tell God off in, in essence, like it's using the imprecatory Psalms. It's using the Psalms mm-hmm. of lament and complaint to essentially like get all of that on the table and say, God, here's how I, here's how I have a list of requests, you know, and you're not doing any of them. And I can't for the life of me figure out why, you know, like we've, we haven't, we haven't strayed from your commands. You know what I mean? Like the Psalms are full of these complaints. Um, the story of uh, uh, the death of Lazarus, Mary and Martha, both bring Jesus the same complaint. If you had been here, like my brother would not have died. That, that's a complaint. It's saying, why were you so slow? What were you doing? Why didn't you get here? What is going on? Um, and I, the, the witness of the scriptures is uh, univocal that God welcomes he welcomes this kind of interaction. Um, he's happy uh, for us to bring him all the rage, <laughs> you know, everything we've yeah. got. Um, and I think that answers, we've got a question. Um, uh, it's, if, uh, part of our book club is uh, following along in the recordings of these uh, podcast episodes. So uh, join our book club if you want to mm. follow along as we record these. Uh, but Chris asks this, how do you take that stance of being open to God when he isn't working in the way you expect um, Chris shares that he finds himself frustrated and disappointed when God's actions don't match my expectations. And I, I think that's part of it, Chris. Um, part of it is being open to just letting God have it and knowing that, I, that that's one way that I can trust that God's at work is just act like God's there uh, and talk to him as if he's there and not doing what you expect. Uh, that's, a, that's a way into it for me. Yeah. Um, this is why, uh, you know, not to go on a rant, but this is why uh, theologies that tell you you can't be angry with God are so harmful. Yeah. You end up yes. bypassing 
your emotions, you end up gaslighting yourself, and you end up not being able to enact the faith we see in the scriptures. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't read for 20 minutes and not find somebody mad at God in scripture. Yeah. Come on. You, sta- you stand a, over the Psalms as like, it's a I know better how to relate human to experience. God. So, yeah. so, so part of this is we, I think as Christians, we, we've got a jacked up relationship with our feelings, especially bad mm-hmm. feelings. Um, but part of, part of reclaiming them is to simply feel them mm-hmm. and to feel them at God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can you handle know, God, it. God's, God's a big <laughs> God. Yeah. He's got his big God pants and, on. You know? Yeah, there's there's so much here too. I think, um, you know, one of the reasons I think that we automatically don't think we're we're supposed to bring God those kinds of big emotions is because we do have a God that's been shaped by the authority figures in our lives who most of them can't handle that kind of thing. Yeah. Right? Most of our authority figures uh, are too fragile to handle someone yes. just saying, this is my complaint. And, you know, what are you doing? I don't get this at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm angry with you. Like that gets people fired, yep. <laughs> kicked out of the church. Yeah, some like of us, that is a big no-no. And I think we transfer yes. that to God really easily. Some of us were raised with parents who told us not to cry. Yeah. You know, yeah. don't you cry, right? Some of us were raised with parents who could not handle if we had a moment of impatience or frustration, mm-hmm. right? And we learned to yeah. shut down. Yeah. And hide. Um, and that just doesn't work. Eventually, that'll stop working in your spiritual life. Yep. And that's a severe mercy when that stops working. Yeah. It's grace. Yeah. It's grace. I would, one of my... Um, go ahead, Christy. I, just, I was going to share real quickly. One of my biggest kairoses in, in Gravity World, we kind of talk about these moments when God's breaking in and opening up our eyes. And I was in a, and I was in a meeting, and it was not going well. And... <laughs> There's too much information to kind of go into it, but I got into my Jeep and I started driving home. It was about a 20 minute drive and I was very angry. And I anger is like a scary emotion for me. I don't like to mm. feel angry. I want to hide it. I want to minimize mm. it. I don't want to express it. And as I'm driving down the highway, I hit the steering wheel like as hard as I could. And and I was, I yelled, fix it. Just to God. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, it un- it unleashed this, oh, this emotion. Wow. And for yeah. 20 minutes on my drive home, I probably said, fix it, or screamed, fix it, and hit my steering wheel a hundred times. And by the time I got mm-hmm. home, I'm like sobbing. Like, mm-hmm. I just want you, God, to fix it. And in his truth... Like, he didn't say, I'm fixing it. He didn't say, like, don't worry. He didn't say, don't be angry. Like, I think the truth I needed to marinate in was, I am with you in this. And there was, like, real, like, oh, I'm going to get cry, cry, teary. Um, In that moment of he is with me in these big emotions, and I'm not alone. And it was very powerful of, okay, God, you are active and present, even in this. Um, Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Um, I think a big part of how God is 
present and at work in every situation, even when God is not doing the things that we would want or expect. Part of the way that God is present in every situation is that God witnesses the reality of our humanity. And that like, that does like, it sometimes doesn't sound like much, but that is so much. Yeah. It's so much for, for you, Christy, to have a witness, to know that your rage in the car at this situation that you can't fix, to know that God sees it and honors it and yeah. says there's a reason you're angry and, and it's appropriate to be angry about this. Like yeah. that's, that's so much. I don't want to say it's everything because it's not quite everything, but it's more than 50%. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of what we need, right? We just need a witness. We need somebody to look at us and say, I see you. And, mm-hmm. and God functions in that way. Like if we can really learn to, to live into this axiom, we, we still do need it with skin on, right? We need, we need to do this for each other. It's part of how God is present in a work in our lives is through one another. But uh, God also transcends the work that we can do for one another. Um, as humans and as well. So I think that's really huge, Christy, and I'm thankful that you shared that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we, we've kind of been talking around this, but I'm curious as to like questions that you still have about this. Um, hmm. You know, what, what would you be interested in exploring more as you think about God being always present at work that maybe this chapter just didn't cover? Yeah. Well, one thing I thought of was, And maybe you can help me articulate this, but being in the Christian world, like being in church world, so to speak, so often I hear people wanting to have these cliches, these things to tell Mm. people that God is working in the midst of a hard situation that does not Mm. feel helpful, does not feel kind, does not feel loving. And I wonder if maybe just naming that for people of God being present and at work doesn't mean that I'm like saying to somebody who just had a miscarriage, well, l- at least you have three other kids here. You, you know, like stupid things like that. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, somebody yeah. dies by suicide. God is good suicide. all the time and all the time. Right. God is good, yeah. that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I, I, we're like, Christians are really bad at that. Really bad at that. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. Because they want to put a bow on it or like, you know, someone dies and he's yeah. in a better place. And you're like, holy cow, there's a hole in my heart. Yeah. You know, like, let's just be honest about yeah. that. So I just wonder if there's like, mm. maybe Matt and Ben, you can just speak to that for a second of when you're saying God is present at work, you're not flippantly saying mm-hmm. that at a funeral, do you, do you know what I'm saying here? Yeah, totally. That's good. Totally. That's really good. Yeah, that's a really good. I think it's a really good um, observation that these axioms probably could be misused, right? As little spiritual band-aids that we use to avoid pain or avoid uncomfortable situations when in fact they are meant to help us into those things. I was even, you know, talking before about the contrast between God is in control and God is always present at work, but they could be used in the same way. Um, So yeah, I think that's... You know, I don't. That, that's my only reflection, I guess, is just that uh, we'd want to guard against that. Um, yeah. Not using those these phrases in that kind of trite way. Yeah, I I think I think the difference between God is present and at work, and God is in control. 
is really important. That's true too. Yeah. So, so one of the reasons why we kind of name these axioms one at a time and walk through them is that God, God is sovereign, and God is sovereign in love. There's a lot of times God doesn't get what God wants. Just read the Gospels and notice how many times people do things Jesus doesn't want them to do. Mm-hmm. And in, in his love, he refuses to control them. So God's presence and work in their life uh, respects their agency, yeah. their volition, their choices. Now notice how many years that God allows Israel to make poor choices. Poor choices over and over and over. And so um, I think the phrase God is in control is about comforting us. Mm-hmm. Like I think I think we want we want a God who who never gets what he doesn't want. And you can have that God. It's just not the God revealed in Jesus. You can have that God, but that's not the God revealed in Jesus. So I think once we mm-hmm. reckon with that, that somehow God holds everything together in sovereign love. And sovereign love has room for people to make real choices that have real consequences. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're much less we're much we're less quick in our anxiety to hang trite phrases on yeah. tragic circumstances. Yeah, right. That's well said. And I, and I think that it just gives you a sober. There's a sobriety in wrapping everything up, explaining everything exhaustively. Which, so this axiom then is meant to open up and expand our consciousness mm-hmm. to wonder. Mm-hmm. God is present and at work and sovereign love here. And I have no idea how. And I want to discover that, you know, right. I want to find yeah. how that is. And so that's, for me, that rescues me, Christy, from, you know, uh, you know just shoving bumper stickers down people's throat. <laughs> when they're hurting, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, or when they've lost their faith, or when they are mad, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really good. I think um, some of the, I, I don't know if these are these are questions or just things that I want to dig in more with you and others is the problem of evil, which I think mm-hmm, you do yeah. bring up, yeah. and and it, how it just is reflected in this recent discussion right here. How mm-hmm. important that is yeah. that. You know, is it is it that the the God that we want, the one that's in control? When you say that we can have that God, it's just not the one revealed in Jesus. That might be the same God we're looking for when we have our expectations of how God should be showing up. You know, in our lives, exactly. And so maybe that speaks to that. And so similarly, saying that God is here, He's with us in this pain, to the degree that that's not sufficient is maybe to the degree that we want a different kind of God. And I know that's difficult to say, and I'm not going to enter into a difficult situation yeah. and critique someone, yeah. but I am aware of that. And yeah. I'm also aware that that in my own life, times when people have said, like, God, it sees you. He's mm-hmm. here with you. And how meaningful that has been unexpectedly. That yeah. um, I see that there's transformation. Yeah. So, so what I'd like to see more, I'd love to have more, curated stories of people who navigate their feelings while remaining anchored in the presence of God mm. in the midst of that, you know, that are um, maybe feeling all the feels and 
staying to the this presence as sufficient. And so I'm thankful for Christy sharing that story. Yeah. Um, pounding on the steering wheel that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna change me that, that expands my imagination that yeah. helps me deeply yeah it's really you, good Gino. you know what i thought of Gino, as you as you shared that reflection so i mentioned the problem of evil is a real problem but we've talked mm-hmm. about a second problem of evil here and i mm. and i want to sh- i want to talk about this without eclipsing or marginalizing or minimalizing you know that um death and destruction and evil happening under the watchful eyes of a loving God is a problem, okay? That's a problem. The other problem, though, is that we don't want to face the evil in ourselves, the evil around us. Mm-hmm. We, we have a problem yeah. with evil. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I guess this isn't an answer to the problem of evil, but I would love, I would love to follow Jesus into weeping at tombs mm-hmm. and crying over a city, Mm-hmm. Um, and get in touch with actually lamenting evil, like yeah. l- lament, grief, remorse, mm-hmm. um, and then see how that changes, A, how I sense God's presence and activity in evil, and B, how I perceive evil. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think I would become, so I'm, I'm committed to this way of life, but I think in lament, in telling the truth with our bodies about evil, with God, right? I think we become different kinds of people who can contain and carry the sadness and pain and who can perceive evil differently. Yeah. And it, it changes, I think, how we, quote, answer the question. The, um, the person who taught me this, uh, there's a there's a beautiful book called Lament for a Son by Nicholas Wolterstorff, who is a professor of hermeneutics whose son, uh, spoiler alert, when he was in his 20s, went mountaineering and died in the mountains. And and Nicholas wrote this book uh, to process and metabolize that pain. And the book is a brilliant mm-hmm. reflection on evil, sadness, mm-hmm. and grief. And it unlocked things for me. You know, I was able to cry with Walter Storff as I read his book. And his I was sharing in his tears, but then his tears also drew out tears I needed to cry. I needed, those tears needed to come out of me. Yeah. Um, and that's an example of what I'm talking about. I think, I think we see evil differently when we tell the truth about it with our bodies. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it opens us up to seeing how God is present and at work. Uh, I think greater vistas of that faith uh, open up to us, but it does, it is, it does, uh, it feels like a leap a little bit sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like, well, how would that change? And what's going to happen exactly? And what's the answer? And we, but we don't get it on this side of the tears. We don't get it on this side of the lament. We get it af- as we move through it. And, but to move through it, we have to trust that God is present in this and, and with, with us and working. I think that's the other, you know, the, the the other part of this axiom is that God is present, yes, but working as well. I think the problem of evil is is a problem because we trust that God is working and that God is good. And so, you know, how how does God work out his good purposes in the midst of human freedom and evil spiritual forces, et cetera, et cetera? Like, that's the mystery that we sort of, like, move into um, because we do trust that, you know, God does have 
uh, a telos, right? There's a goal in mind. Um, yes. God just isn't saying, yeah, it sucks, man. It's really hard, and I'm with you. Like, it's not just mm. that. That's good, and that's, that, that's, um, that we need that. Uh, but we also need to know that God is moving history in a direction and, and bringing about goodness in the world. Yeah. Uh, we need to believe that as well. Yeah. Well, thanks, Christy. Yeah. You guys, thanks, Gino. so fun. This is so fun. Yeah. Let's do, let's do this, this every we need week. We like another hour. Weeks. Is that I know. <laughs> I know. No, we do. Well, we, got, we, got, we, we, we can get on to our next axiom. That'll be our next hour. So. Yeah. I think, I think one of the things that I just want to maybe end with is that these axioms then aren't meant to be things we try harder to believe more. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're what ifs. They're, the paradigms, they're, yeah. There maybe God is present at work here. Just try that on and see what changes. Mm-hmm. See what that unlocks. So it's much more of a surrender, a consent, an openness than a constricting, gripping, trying, you know, yeah. gritting your teeth. And so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's nowhere seen more starkly and fully than when we're staring the evil of the world in the face. Believing God's present and at work. So, mm-hmm. uh, thanks for your presence here, Christy yeah. and Gina, and your work, and your work. And get it? Uh, thanks. Right. I, I, it's been I, good. I get it. Thank you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll uh, we'll we'll come. We'll circle back around to Axiom Three next time. Sounds good. <laughs> well, once again, we did it. We did it. Those conversations are so much fun, guys. I'm having the best time. Yeah. I'm just, glad we're doing just it. Just the best. Yeah. I'm glad too. Yeah. Glad. And I'm really deeply grateful, Christy, for uh, just the fact that you're giving this so much care and carefulness, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So thank you. Thanks for inviting me in. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Listeners, yeah, yeah. just uh, a couple reminders about uh, how you can get the book. You can pre-order it at uh, anywhere books are sold, really. But if you pre-order through IVP, um, you can use the coupon code GRAVITY to get 30% off for U.S. shipping. You can still join our launch team, gravityleadership.com slash launch. And you can leave us a message or a question, if you would like, by going to gravityleadership.com slash message and click the start recording button. And we'll answer your question on a future mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. Okay, before we go, real quick, guys, uh, what did the Icelandic dog say? Mm, I don't know. Bjork, Bjork! <laughs> I was ready with my soundboard. I was ready with my soundboard. How about this? Is that better? Oh, that, that makes the inside little little mm-hmm. mat very happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, very happy. Happy. everybody's happy with me. Mm-hmm. My inner. Or that one right there. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Oh, good. I forgot you had those sound effects. All right. Until next time, everybody. Until next time. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you're finding it helpful or enjoyable, we'd love it if you'd tell your friends about it. Ratings and reviews online also help others find the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And you can join our gravity community online for free at gravityleadership.com slash join you'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox as well as our email most fridays with curated links to articles we find interesting and helpful 
To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. Our podcast is produced by Ben Sternke and Matt Tebby. Aaron Sternke edits and mixes the show. You can check out his work at aaronsternke.com. We'd love to hear from you. To record a question or comment for us, go to gravityleadership.com slash message and click the start recording button. You can also email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time.